Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to respond to some messages that the show got. This first message is from Brian, and it is in regards to our episode on quicksand. Let's take a listen. When I played Super Mario, I thought quicksand was going to be a huge problem. Crazy amounts of quicksand everywhere. Um, And I would have to, uh, like, you know, avoid that big circular uh, angry sun and all that stuff. Uh, Mario died every five minutes of quicksand. Um, But that's also because I was really bad at the game. Uh, Point is, anyway, uh, quicksand, not a huge problem at all. there are way bigger problems uh, than quicksand, like snakes. Um, so, you know what? That's not the point. Anyway, quicksand, not as much of a problem. Thanks, Super Mario. Thank you for calling in, Brian. And I agree with you 100% about that son in Super Mario. He was a jerk. Our next uh, message is from Ronnie and... Uh, I didn't really know what to make of this, but you guys can take a listen. Uh, hello? Hello? Is this the sex addiction clinic? Hello? Okay, um, wow, uh, hmm. I think you had the wrong number there, Ronnie. Anywho, if uh, any of you want to leave a message for me, if you hear this episode that you're about to hear and uh, you want to drop us a line, you can go right to anchor.fm, right where you listen to this podcast, and uh, click leave a message. Uh, If you're not sure how to do it or you're not into this newfangled computer stuff, uh, drop me a message on Facebook. I'll walk you through it. Might even send you a link. Anyway, we'll be back with the show right after this message. According to the 2007 Census of Agriculture, only 1.3% of all farm operators in the U.S. are black. And of that 1.3%, only 14% are women. My guest today, Jenna Van Horn, is a part of that 14%. Ladies and gentlemen... Jenna Van Horn. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I guess we can uh, just kind of uh, get uh, right into it. Uh, So as I uh, as I mentioned in uh, the introduction here, um, only uh, 14 percent of all black farmers are women and only uh, 1.3% of all farm operators in the United States are Black. Um, So I guess uh, the first thing I kind of want to ask you is, um, it's kind of a two-part question. Um, How does a Black woman get into farming? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you raise? Because uh, also another statistic I saw was the majority of Black farmers do raise cattle. Uh, So I just kind of wanted you to speak to that. Okay, so I have extenuating circumstances, I guess. <laughs> my my um my mom was in the military and mm-hmm. my dad is full Jamaican. My mom is white 
Um, so oh. when they divorced, I came up here with her and came back to her farm, the farm she was raised on. So I have, yeah, I have a different situation, <laughs> I guess. Ooh. I was more thrown into it than um, just going out and finding a farm and doing farm stuff. Right, 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 right. So it, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't the the traditional black farmer journey, if there is such a thing. Right, if there is such a thing, I'm not. I I haven't met in person any other black farmer, so I couldn't tell you what traditional is. <laughs> um, no, like black farmer, black farmer Facebook or like. Blackfarmersmeet.org. Man, like that. I might have to start one. <laughs> I think that would be it's incredible. A... <laughs> well, 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 we're 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 gonna a little later. We're gonna get into the other ways that you're uh, trying to change the world. But hey, be the change you want to see in the world. Make it happen. Right. <laughs> it, it, it might maybe it's a website of one. You just you know just, <laughs> yeah. just hang out there. <laughs> My luck, probably. Hang out there. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So again. So um. So what do you what do you raise? So we have we've been a dairy farm since the 1950s. So we still okay. have dairy cows now. We have beef cattle too. We raise a few pigs. Um. We have a lot of goats. I'm. I think it's 40 or 50. I'm not really sure. I always lose count because they hop around too fast. Um, so, so, so while so while most people count sheep to fall asleep, you count goats in your waking hours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, Little nightmares. See, I, yeah. Oh my god. Maybe you, you count sheep to go to sleep, and you count goats to be terrified in your sleep, in your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> if you want night terrors. Count some Billy goats. Yeah, and if you yeah. want to have a formally night, a formal nightmare, count William goats. There you go. There you go. Nice. That was slick. <laughs> yeah, I tried my best. Tried my best. <laughs> what's 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 you? What is your favorite thing about milking a cow? I don't think there's anything that's <laughs> a favorite thing about milking cows. I like cows. And it just so happens that they have to be milked, um, especially. Okay, so so the the consumption of dairy has increased exponentially over the last hundred years. So we right. have bred our cattle to the point where they produce way more milk than one calf could ever drink. So sure. these cows have to be milked because they're otherwise they'll get. Um, mastitis or any other type of uh which is an infection just because the milk sits there and doesn't come out so that it's so it's right. it's more than just a want to they they have to and i really like cows mm -hmm. they're pretty friendly and lovable most of them hmm. now I'm, uh, I'm i'm just kind of freestyling a little bit here you said that uh consumption has uh increased exponentially over the last hundred years um would you say that it is fair to assume that um, it has uh, even increased more so in our lifetime because of the uh, the got milk 
campaign and uh, the the kind of push by the industry to advertise dairy, or, or am, am I just talking out of my uh, my keister? No, that's why that's that's why they did that was, um, and they do that for the beef industry too. But that's another subject. But yeah, the the ad campaigns are definitely to um, increase increase consumption so that there's a higher demand. So that definitely did work. Um, actually, the the use of cheese has gone up more than the consumption of milk. How does that make you feel, Chris? Oh, wow. <laughs> it makes me feel terrible. Uh, <laughs> Jenna is uh, is letting you guys know that I have an absolute dis- disdain for cheese. <laughs> but um, I, I'm sure the first thing that you would do if I came out to the farm is give me just a nice uh, piece of uh, <laughs> nice nice hunk of cheese. I wouldn't. A hunk of, hunk of stinky. I cheese. don't. I don't eat cheese unless it's perfectly made like it has to be browned on top it has to be melted i'm super you know, you know what finicky the, about my dairy mm, products i don't even drink regular white milk i don't mm, well, you, know, you know what the you know what the best uh way to prepare cheese is throw it in the garbage to throw it in the trash <laughs> <laughs> step, step one throw it in a dumpster step two throw that dumpster into the sun <laughs> But I can make cheese. So, um, like I have the stuff to make cheese, and I do make pretty good cheese. Like I, I will eat like, like if I make mozzarella, that stuff is killer, mm-hmm. and nobody, nothing can touch it. It's so good. Homemade mozzarella is to die for. But so, are, are you trying? Are you trying to convince me that if if I had some of your homemade mozzarella, I might change my mind on cheese? I think you would. I really do think you would. That's a bold claim. It is a bold That's claim. That's a bold claim. <laughs> it is. But it would have to be fresh. So there's no way I could make some and like send it to you. Cause like when it's still warm and like, oh man, I I don't know. You make you make string cheese with it and it's just so good. It's so good. I feel I feel like I'm gonna have to count goats tonight because I'm gonna have a nightmare about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so let me uh, let me ask you one more question before we uh, take a, a quick break here. Um, so, what are some challenges um, that farmers face that the general public probably has no idea about? Oh, market prices! Market prices fluctuate um, according to big meat packers. Um and okay. whatever big companies. What was the name of my band? Milk, milk, by the way, big. <laughs> good one. Wow, I try my best, but go ahead. I'm so good. <laughs> I gotta tell somebody at some point. <laughs> anyway, um, so right. it it doesn't it doesn't fluctuate as much as you'd think with with uh demand from stores it depends on how many bodies are in the freezers (laughs) right (laughs) so (laughs) oh man oh yeah i know we have fun um (laughs) so yeah so um so that kind of that kind of is annoying because it would be nice to have more localized markets 
but it's sure. it's a big deal. And and then the election, of course, fluctuates uh, like steer prices, cattle prices, depending on who gets elected. It's it's a big deal. And, and, well, well, we're, we're going to get into politics in a second. You're giving you're giving the people a sneak preview <laughs> of uh, of part two of the show. Um, so <laughs> before you uh, spill the beans on the next uh, part of uh, this discussion, um, let's just take a quick break and we will be back with Jenna Van Horn. You certainly don't see black women farmers every day, and you also don't see Senate candidates. Imagine being able to speak to someone who's both. In part two of my interview with Jenna Van Horn, we discuss her candidacy for a state Senate seat. Let's take a listen. And we are back. Uh, We are back with uh, Jenna Van Horn, who uh, just told me that she, well, maybe I shouldn't tell uh, what you, what, I shouldn't say oh, what no, you feel like. Just, it's fine. <laughs> well, you said you, you said you felt like a mobster, but that, uh, I don't know if that would necessarily be a good thing for your, uh, the next phase, hopefully in your, um, <laughs> in your career in life. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but why don't, why don't we get into that? Um, so, um, uh, so, uh, without without revealing uh, exactly when we have recorded this, uh, it uh, should be released before uh, the November election, and we uh, have with us a um, a uh, individual who is running for elected office. Jenna, why don't you tell us where you're running and what you are running for? Okay, so I am running for state senate in North Dakota. And it's District 14. My district takes up the entire middle of North Dakota. It's the biggest district in the state. It is largely farmers. There's 14,000 people in this entire district. And most of them vote for the other party. Sure. Which is the red party. So I have my work set out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, today, okay, well, later on, I have a meeting with a bunch of Trumpers, which is okay. fine, but I might have to wear makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, listen, you got to be there for your constituency, uh, regardless of the side of the aisle they're on. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter to me what side of the aisle they're on. It's just as long as we are going in some sort of direction and my opponent hasn't done anything in the last oh several years so Mm. hopefully they'll get on board with that a lot of people are unhappy with him so i'm excited that's that's i'm 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 so glad that you know i i i can i get to see your enthusiasm and uh you know i've been uh following your campaign for quite some time now and I really feel like that enthusiasm is infectious. I, I really, I really, really believe that. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about what made you take the leap to run for public office in the first place? So I was, so our state, our state legislatures um, is held every 
every two years, every, so we have bienniums. So the last biennium, I was a page in the Senate and I watched how things were done. I watched how much research was put into, um, these people taking the lives of, of all North Dakota in their hands. And I, anyway, I got really mad. I got really mad. Like there was a day I was going to throw a chair at a Senator. I was so mad. I was, I was nine months pregnant at the time, but mm-hmm. I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> but that's not the point. The <laughs> this, point this is. Sounds, this sounds it, like, <laughs> this, this sounds like either a superhero or super villain origin story, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But the point is, is that I, I, I directed my anger into a more long-term solution, which was to um, run for Senate so that we could get some of the people out of there that hold themselves, that have a high horse, that are on that high horse. And I think it's important for if you're going to be a public servant, that you should be exactly that, a servant. Um, right. It's annoying to me when people are elected to these positions and all of a sudden they believe they have this much power. You know, they demand that you call them senator, whoever. And I, that that drives me crazy. I mean, I get I, I get that it's a high esteem, but at the end of the day, if you are a public servant and you're looking down on anybody, um, why are you there? So I, I I'm. I'm driven to do this because farmers are not getting what they're not getting equal to the amount of work that they're doing. So I'm making some moves trying to create a more localized market. Sure. That will help everyone in the state. Okay. I, I listen, it sounds good to me. I've, you know, I might be biased again, you know, I've been uh, following campaign for uh, quite some time now, but uh, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, just the conviction in your voice, you know, you have me sold. If if I, if I, if I lived anywhere near you and not in the great state of New Jersey, you would have my vote. No, no question. Hands down. Um, (laughs) Matt, you were, you you mentioned, uh, you know, you said it might be a little tough sledding. Um, Listen, I'm not I'm not broadcasting this on the internet or anything. Um, it's just me and you talking. How do you like your chances? My chances are slim. They're very slim because I am running in as a as a nonpartisan leaguer who is in conjunction with the Democrats. So this is a red state. And it's sure. been a red state for a very, very, very long time. Um, but I do know that even if I don't win this election, if I run against him again, um, I'll have the name recognition to be able to beat him. So this, I'm going to put my everything into this, this, this run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to be disheartened if I don't win. I'm, I'm, Working up there made me so mad that I don't care if I'm I'm going to run until that man dies of old age. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I, and listen, I, <laughs> I I I think that sometimes uh, you can make great things happen through sheer force of will. Um, and you know, Jenna, I know I know you, and I know the uh, the type of will 
that you have. So if there's anyone that can get themselves into elected office through sheer force of will, I think it's you. So I like your chances a lot, for the record. (laughs) So (laughs) another question for you. I hope I'm not bombarding you with a bunch of stuff. Um, What's your first order of business after getting sworn in? Dismantle the patriarchy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If it's on the board, I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's on the table, let's, let's, let's think about it. If it's on the table, I'm going to chop it off like a fish head. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my first order is to make sure that uh, we start expanding healthcare into rural areas. Um, that that in itself affected me personally. Uh, my my son was born in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. If there would have been something oh, wow. wrong, we wouldn't have made it. We would have both died in that, you know, some people have 70, 80 miles between them and a hospital. Some, some is even right. more. Um, there's no mental health in rural areas out here. And the drug problem is running rampant. And mm. there's not a lot that, you know, local cops can do. They can try and set up, you know, stings or whatever. But when you live in a town of 800 people, if if the cops and the squad and the SWAT team are on one side of town and you're on the other, you're gonna get three phone calls before they make it to your house. So, right. It's and it's it's for people that that want to get help and you know I want to make it easy for them that when they make that decision because it ultimately is their own decision, I want them to be able to walk out their door, walk down the street and walk into a facility that will help them. I'm not saying inpatient per se, but I'm saying that if they're having depression issues or anxiety or anything like that, we can try and fix those before they, so they won't keep going back to the same uh, coping skill that they've, that they've used before. Right. Right. No, I mean, listen, uh, I, I have to say, uh, in terms of first orders of business, uh, it's definitely an admirable one. Um, I, I mean, I, I was going to try and uh, play a little devil's advocate with you and try and poke some holes in what you said, but it didn't leave me many holes, unlike a piece of Swiss cheese, which I would never eat. <laughs> um, so, um, so we're going we're gonna to wrap up here for today. Um, uh, first of all, Jenna, I just want to thank you so 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 much for being here on the show um i really uh you know i'm rooting for you again like i said if i lived in your state you would have my vote um but before we go um i'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit uh we didn't talk about this in our uh our our kind of pre-show discussion um just freestyling a little bit (laughs) and i think you might be a little I, i think you might be a little annoyed with me but um the theme of the show, as you know, um, are things you don't see every day. And uh, just as we don't see uh, black women farmers, uh, just as we don't see Senate candidates every day, uh, one thing we don't see every day is classically trained opera singers. Oh, and I happen no. to know one. I, I happen to know a classically trained opera singer. I, I think her name is Jenna Van Horn. Is that true? Yeah. 
Yes, yes, that's true. You're right. I am annoyed. You did put me on the spot. I wasn't ready. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, he's going to hit. What is what is he gonna hit? That was the one thing I didn't think of. Yes, yes, I'm I'm classically trained. <laughs> I'm full of surprises. I'm full of surprises. Well, I'll, I'll give you since you, since you've been such a wonderful guest, I will give you the option of uh, quickly in maybe like a minute or so, either telling your story in that regard, or maybe you could sing us a little something. I mean, no. No, I'm not warmed up. Oh my gosh, I would murder every note that I tried to hit that was above a C. Oh my gosh. Um, how did I get into that? Okay, so I'll 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 I'm gonna cop out here. <laughs> so they so I did a lot of singing growing up to the cows and the calves while I was feeding them, and I listened to a lot of Backstreet Boys and I <laughs> Uh, a lot of uh, Bobby Brown and um, New Editions. So they really taught me how to sing. And then all of a sudden the school found out I could sing and they were like putting me on, you know, solos and stuff here and there. And then my mom was like, hey, why don't you take voice lessons? We'll have to go to the college, but you could do that. And so I started doing that and I started I started singing in French, which was slightly difficult (laughs) um moving on yeah yeah and then I went on to German and then that was that 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 one about took me out not gonna lie that German is very hard Mm. to make beautiful when you're trying to (laughs) through different notes that's exactly it So, yeah, yeah. So that makes it pretty difficult. But so I went and then when I I was still going when I was in college. So um, I don't I mean, I have a few medals and stuff from high school from different music things, but I uh, I'll still warble now and then to the uh, in the parlor. I, I, I have some I, really I awesome you. acoustics. <laughs> I Listen, I, I, have, I have heard you. you. You've sent me some. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And because I'm nice, because I'm nice. I will not splice in the audio that you sent me. I will keep it to myself. I mean, I could probably shoot you some audio if you really wanted to splice them in. That's like like professionally recorded. So, and it's not me just singing in Do it, do it. Oh, do (laughs) it, people. The people want it. The people demand it. After this segment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna splice it right in right after this. So hold on. So. Let's 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 just say goodbye to everybody. Um, again, thank one uh, for joining us today. Thank you uh, for being on the show. Uh, you can uh, follow me and the show on Instagram and uh, Facebook. You don't see podcast again. That's at things you don't see podcast. You can also uh, type us in on the uh, search bar on your YouTube and uh, find us there as well. So. Um, Without further ado, here are the vocal stylings. Candidate in District 14, Mother, Farmer, Jenna Van Horn. 